Welcome to Comet's Tale, the official podcast of the North Pole Community School District. Today, in our first episode, we are joined by Mr. Steve Leach. Uh, Mr. Leach is a 7th grade literacy teacher at the middle school and has been in the district for 35 years? I believe so. All right. He is also uh, the coach for our high school boys and girls cross country team. which are off to a fantastic start this year. So thank you for joining us. The first ever podcast. Uh, we're excited to see where this goes and give people a little bit more insight into people throughout the district and just some of the changes that we've seen over time. So welcome. Thank you. So today we have a list of questions for you here, but we'll just see where the conversation takes us and, uh, and hope to find out a little bit more about Mr. Leach. So tell us about uh, starting with the district. How long has it been? Now I said 35 years. That was what was in front of me here. How long have you been with the district and how did it all kind of start? It's always challenging for me to know exactly what to call my start date because I started in the fall of 1987 as a substitute teacher and then I was hired in January of 1988 to actually begin teaching what was then called Language Arts 7. 1988 in January. Mid-year mm -hmm. hire. I was a mid-year hire, too, for the Des Moines Public Schools. Very good. St finished student teaching in the fall and got hired right away, so never subbed a single day in my life. Okay. But uh, maybe at the end of my career <laughs> is the game plan. That and driving school bus. Have you ever driven a school bus? I've never driven a school bus. Never driven a school bus. Nope. Um, when we think about traditions in school, obviously homecoming in the fall here, what would you say are, are one or two of your favorite traditions of the school district? Well, in the middle school building um, right now on Thursdays, the males have a bow tie Thursday. So I really enjoy um, seeing that happen. Um, and then I think just like just the closeness of, of the people in the district and um, how people care for one another and um, support causes, um, whether it's raising money to send somebody somewhere or um, if a family is in need, just watching, I guess, the community unite around those needs. Absolutely. So when you do the bow tie, is it a clip-on bow tie or one of the ones that you get with like a tuxedo rental that hooks around? Or do you actually tie the bow tie yourself? Um, I believe mine all came from Kohl's, and they clip on the backside. Okay, <laughs> very good. Um, how has the district changed in your time here since January of 1988? I'm sure there's been quite a bit that has changed. Well, I think one of the obvious changes would be the growth in the different communities that then has led to growth in our buildings. Um, I only teach half of the students. I teach them for a block class, and I teach uh, for approximately an hour and 28 minutes a day um, three different sections of block classes of literacy. Um, but when I started, I had all the students, and I want to say there were 75 or 80 students. Um, we even had a group of 54. We had 54 in one of the classes. Um, so now just like looking at the sizes and the number of kids moving in the hallways, um, when I started in this room, I mean, I didn't start in this room, but when I moved to this room, um, there weren't lockers outside of my room. So at some point in time during a school day, uh, there were noises out in the hallway of construction workers um, basically building the lockers and installing them. And so that part has changed. And then 
Um, I don't know whether you would rank this A or B based on population, but our facilities have improved tremendously. When I started here, the, the cafeteria was, I suppose, half as big as it is now. There was carpeting actually going up the wall. So it would start at the bottom of the wall and move up to about the middle. Well, maybe not quite the middle part of the wall. And then all of the rooms were white. All the hallways were white. And then um, replacing or covering the tile with carpeting. Those have been, I guess, very impressive upgrades that we've seen. So the carpeting used to come up the wall. Then we did away with the carpeting, and now we got carpet back. Right. It just doesn't go up the wall anymore. Just doesn't now, go up the wall. Now the walls are painted. So. Well, the carpet tile, ha I think, has been a great invention, too, yeah. because yeah. back in the day, you used to have a stain. You'd have to replace all the carpet. Right. Now you got a carpet tile. You pull it up, and you, you can put a new tile down. Right. So, uh, Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, cross country. Tell us about the cross country season. Um, what are what are some of the things you're looking forward to with this year's team? Okay. Well, first of all, and I would I would say this across the district based on like my experience six years ago or so. I think we have phenomenal leadership in our senior class right now, and I think they are good musically, they are good scholastically, and they are good athletically. And I think when you get that combination of those three things in a class at the top leading, I think that helps quite a bit. So um, for me, just working with those seniors in cross country and just watching um, how they go about business, they know how to have fun when it's time to have fun, but they really get down to business and they don't really have to say much. They just go out and do it. And then I would guess that those incoming freshmen see that happening and, and they're like, that's what we're supposed to do. That's the expectation. Um, so I, I've seen that so far in the football field as well. I've seen that with the marching band. Um, I, I would guess, um, I know they're going to do a musical, I think in November. And I would guess, I, I looked at the cast list and I think um, you're going to see the same um, high level of performance out of them as well. So I think that part of it, like just in terms of working with kids, that part is is really exciting. And then um, both teams are ranked right now. And so I think just to have the respect of fellow coaches, and I don't know who else does the rankings, but um, I, that's very flattering to be in that position early in the season. So um, we would love to qualify for state and um, the boys are ranked very high and, and we have a lot of returning runners. And so um, it, it would be nice to shoot for a state championship, whether that's reality or not. It's a long season. It's a big state and anything can happen. But that's that's what I'm looking forward to right now. That's great. So cross country, did you run cross country yourself uh, when you were younger? I did. I, I played football. Um, seventh, eighth, and ninth grades in what ended up being a really big school, probably an Ankeny-type school that um, experienced growth coming out of the suburbs of Detroit and eventually coming into our district, and really just found that each year I was playing less and less. And I also grew up playing ice hockey, and I think maybe eighth grade was the last year I did that. And then I started running in eighth grade. I ran track and had some success there, and then I ran freshman track, and the best runner on the team. He was going to be a senior the next year on the cross-country team. And he ended up winning state his senior year. Oh, wow. um, but he told me I should go out for cross-country. And so I started running cross-country as a sophomore. 
And then I ran at a JUCO in Michigan, and then I ran at Northwest Missouri State University. So I, I didn't start out as a runner, but I wound up becoming one. All right, I'm not a runner personally. When you go out for a long run, what do you think about while you're running the entire time? Because when I run, all I think about is, wow, I'm so out of breath here, this hurts, I should probably stop. That's all that goes through my head. What goes through your head when you're out running? It really depends on where I'm running and whether or not I'm running with people because I can I can run with people and cover five miles and it feels fairly effortless if it's what's called conversation pace. Um, but I like running on trails, like that's, that's what I like the most. And I get distracted by wildlife. Um, I don't know if it was a beaver or a, like a groundhog or what, but toward the end of my run yesterday I had one of those things run across my path. Um, I can get delight out of seeing chipmunks, um, uh, seeing a, a bright red cardinal in the wintertime against the backdrop of snow. Um, but I, I will tell you, I have run what's called an out and back where I've gotten to the halfway point and wondered why I ran that far. <laughs> I've thought, oh, now I have to go do the same distance to get back. But um, the neat thing about coaching myself is that I can stop as much as I want to and nobody's telling me to keep going. So. <laughs> Well, some people need that pushing when they're running, and that was me growing up. So, I, I played soccer, and so we would sometimes, the coach would send us off to get loosened up and mm -hmm. run a mile or something mm -hmm. like that through the woods. And if our team saw a deer, we would all take off after the deer. Now, clearly, there was no hope of us ever getting close to catching the deer, right. but it kind of became a tradition for the Pleasant, sure. Pleasant Valley soccer team when I played that sure. we'd see a deer and we'd chase after it. That was, that was another part of my beginning as a runner, is that we would get in trouble in football, and sometimes we'd run wind sprints, but then sometimes they would make us run a half mile around the campus, and it really didn't phase me. So I actually had some football teammates who said, you should run cross country. <laughs> I think they saw my football career and thought that cross country would be a better fit for me. So a lot of, a lot of encouragement to run cross country right, there. exactly. Well, one important thing about cross country is you need fuel to fuel the body. Mm -hmm. um, being in a school every day, do you eat school lunch? And if so, what's your favorite school lunch? I do eat school lunch. And um, my favorite meal is probably the mashed potato bowl. Um, but I do like when we get a cinnamon roll, too. Ooh, cinnamon rolls are good. Do you do yeah. the gravy on the mashed potato bowl? I do. I do. Yep. I have noticed over over the years, gravy has become less and less of a thing with kids. I served uh, lunch last year one time, and it was mashed potato bowl day, and no thanks on the gravy. I heard way more than I thought I should. Now, it was polite. They did say no thanks, okay. but yeah, I'm a, I'm a gravy guy. So as a child, what was your dream job? <laughs> I think like a lot of... Um my own students, it's that thought that I'm going to be a pro athlete of some sort. So um, I, I'm sure there was, I was going to play in the NFL at some point in time. I'm not sure when that dream died, probably when my football career did. So, so growing up near uh, Detroit, was the Lions the team? Yes, and I do still cheer for them, even though they are very bad. They're always bad. And I think it's, it, I think it's kind of like being a Chicago Cubs fan where every year you think this has to be the year this has to be the year um, and i would use the cubs fans as my hope because they at least have gotten satisfaction with the world series championship but i i don't think the 
prognosis for this season is much better for the Lions. So, well, maybe wait till next year before the season already starts. Well, with the anyway. Detroit Lions and talking about gravy, all I think about is Thanksgiving there because okay. you always get the Thanksgiving yep. Day game. And I watch it. I Every year I, I say I won't watch it, but then I end up being lured in and I do watch it. So. <laughs> well, great. Um, what's a unique talent or skill that you have that others may not know <laughs> that is a talent of Mr. Leach? Okay. I, I will not demonstrate this right now, and I'm very out of practice, but... Um, I, I have been told that I can imitate Kermit the Frog. Oh. And I do a little bit of Yoda as well. But I, I have to hear them quite a bit, and I haven't heard them recently. So, Okay, so podcast number 28 when, when you're <laughs> after back I practiced, on. After I practice. After you practice, do your vocal warm-ups, me, 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 me. <laughs> um, you're all ready to go. We'll, we'll get that from you. Um, what's, what's a memorable experience of your teaching career so far when you – Look back over the years from 1988, what is something that sticks out as a very memorable kind of time or individual experience? Well, for me, it's hard to like look at 35 years and you know, break it down into one memorable moment. But um, teaching with, with my wife, was that was really, really exciting. Um, she started out in the elementary school, and then they ended up moving her up to the middle school. And... Um, we did have a time, there, there was a lot of movement where we taught out in portables, we came back in the building, we taught out in portables, um, but there was a time when we had rooms right next to each other, and I don't know if that worked well for her because she's very focused and I'm not so much, um, but I really enjoyed that, and then to end our careers um, with basically a doorway separating us, was that was really neat. Um, she basically brought me here. Um, she's a Sheldahl girl. And before we met, I was going back to Michigan. I was going to teach at a big school. I was going to teach only literature. And so um, I'm just very grateful um, that I met her and that, that we wound up here. So that would be a memorable moment for me, I would say. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, I think if my wife and I were ever uh, in rooms next to each other because she has a teaching degree as well. She would constantly be telling me to stop bothering her and, and focus a little bit more on teaching math. Right. So you talked about literature. If you were to sit down and write a book, you're like, you know what? I, I've had these experiences or I have this expertise in this topic. What would you write a book about? If you were, you were challenged with Hey, Mr. Leach, we need you to write a 100-page book. What are, you, what are you writing about for 100 pages? Are we talking about, like, something that would benefit teachers or something that students might read or? Any or all. Oh, I've thought about, uh, like, writing some kind of time travel book, potentially. Okay. Um, but just that's just an idea out there. I'm, I'm more of a poet, um, so I write shorter things generally. I don't know that I right now have the focus to write something longer. Uh, does poetry have to rhyme? No. Most of it doesn't. That's what I've been told. I love rhyming poetry, though, personally. So if you were to write a time travel book, would it be more traveling to the future, traveling to the past, or a little bit of both? Um, I've thought about, this goes along with running, but I've thought about um, somebody, like somehow who, tra who time travels from now back to the past, and because of the way so many things improve athletically, um, this person who's just a mediocre runner in the present is a star runner in the past. And I think 
Um, I was inspired by that when I was looking at um, some times from the Olympics, from the marathon. Okay. And, and I ran one marathon in college. Um, I got to 22 miles, and then I like had these cramps in my legs and walked for three miles. And I still ran like 318, I think it was. And that would have been the championship time at one of the marathons, like one of the early marathons. Oh, wow. So I kind of got this idea of if somebody who was kind of mediocre now <laughs> time traveled to the past, they might be this great runner Yeah. just time-wise. So that was, that was kind of what was in my mind. That's but I don't a, know what I would do with that. That's a, I like exactly. the premise. Yeah. Outrunning history or something oh, like that there could you go. be your title. There you go. Awesome. Um, well, our last and final question, and I think we're going to stick with this as our go-to final question. Um, there's a podcaster that my wife makes me listen to on road trips. And I say that, but I do actually enjoy listening to her podcast, uh, Annie F. Downs. And she always says the same last question. So I think we're going to go with the same last question for everyone here. If you, if they were to make the, the Steve Leach movie, the, the life and times of Steve Leach, who would play you in the movie? It would, I think it would have to be a comedian. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a tough guy, so I think it'd have to be somebody who's Anyone like in particular? I, I, I'm not necessarily a Ben Stiller fan, but I've heard, like, people have compared me to him. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. All right. But he might be one idea. Ben Stiller is great. Do, do love the Night at the Museum movie, so... Very good. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, hopefully everyone out there uh, learned a little bit more about Steve Leach and about the school district, and hopefully you'll join us for episode two coming up. Thank you, and go Comets. 